Section 1 of A Lord of a Thousand Sons. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Paul Harvey. Lord of a Thousand Sons by Paul William Anderson. Section 1. A Man Without a World. This One Million Year Old Dariush. Once Lord of a Thousand Sons now condemned to rove the spaceways in alien form, searching for love, for life, for the great lost Vuerda. Yes, you'll find almost anything man has ever imagined somewhere out in the galaxy, I said. There are so damned many millions of planets, and such a fantastic variety of surface conditions, and of life evolving to meet them, and of intelligence and civilization appearing in that life. Why, I've been on worlds with fire-breathing dragons, and on worlds where dwarfs fought things that could pass for the goblins our mothers used to scare us with, and on a planet where a race of witches lived. Telepathic pseudo-hypnosis. You know, no, I'll bet there's not a tall story or fairy tale ever told which doesn't have some kind of counterpart somewhere in the universe. Laird nodded. Uh-huh, he answered, in that oddly slow and soft voice of his. I once let a genie out of a bottle. Hey, what happened? It killed me. I opened my mouth to laugh, and then I took a second glance at him and shut it again. He was just too deadpan serious about it. Not poker-faced, the way a good actor can be when he's slipping over a tall one. No, there was a sudden misery behind his eyes, and somehow it was mixed with the damnest cold humor. I didn't know Laird very well. Nobody did. He was out most of the time on galactic survey, prowling a thousand eldritch planets, never meant for human eyes. He came back to the solar system, more rarely and for briefer visits than anyone else in his job, and had less to say about what he had found. A huge man, six and a half feet tall, with dark aquiline features and curiously brilliant greenish-gray eyes, middle-aged now, though it didn't show except at the temples. He was courteous enough to everyone, but short-spoken and slow to laugh. Old friends who had known him thirty years before, when he was the gayest and most reckless officer in the Solar Navy, thought something during the revolt had changed him more than any psychologist would admit was possible. But he had never said anything about it, merely resigning his commission after the war and going into survey. We were sitting alone in the corner of the lounge, the lunar branch of the Explorers Club maintains its building outside the main dome of Celine Center, and we were sitting beside one of the great windows, drinking Centaurian sidecars and swapping the inevitable shop talk. Even Laird indulged in that, though I suspected more because of the information he could get than for any desire or companionship. Behind us, the long, quiet room was almost empty. Before us, the window opened on the raw, magnificent moonscape, 
a sweep of crags and cliffs down the crater wall to the riven black plains washed in the eerie blue of earth's light space blazed above us utter black and a million sparks of frozen flame come again i said he laughed without much humor i might as well tell you he said you won't believe it and even if you did it'd make no difference sometimes i tell the story alcohol makes me feel like it i start remembering old times he settled farther back in his chair maybe it wasn't a real genie he went on more of a ghost perhaps that was a haunted planet they were great a million years before man existed on earth they spanned the stars and they knew things the present civilization hasn't even guessed at and then they died their own weapons swept them away in one burst of fire and only broken ruins were left ruins and desert and the ghost who lay waiting in that bottle i signaled for another round of drinks wondering what he meant wondering just how sane that big man with the worn rocky face was still you never know i've seen things out beyond that veil of stars which your maddest dreams never hinted at i've seen men carried home mumbling and empty-eyed the hollow cold of space filling their brains where something had broken the thin taut wall of their reason they say spacemen are a credulous breed before heaven they have to be you don't mean new egypt i asked stupid name just because there are remnants of a great dead culture they have to name it after an insignificant valley of ephemeral peasants i tell you the men of Weirda were like gods and when they were destroyed whole suns were darkened by the forces they used why they killed off earth's dinosaurs in a day millions of years ago and only used one ship to do it how in hell do you know that i didn't think the archaeologists had deciphered their records and they haven't all our archaeologists will ever know is that the weirdens were a race of remarkably humanoid appearance with a highly advanced interstellar culture wiped out about a million earth years ago matter of fact i don't really know that they did it to earth but i do know that they had a regular policy of exterminating the great reptiles of terrestrial planets with an eye to later colonization and i know that they got this far so i suppose our planet got the treatment too laird accepted his fresh drink and raised the glass to me thanks but now do be a good fellow and let me ramble on in my own way it was now let me see thirty-three years ago now when i was a bright young lieutenant with bright young ideas the revolt was in full swing then and the janyards held all that region of space out sagittary way you know things looked bad for saul then i don't think it's ever been appreciated how close we were to defeat they were poised to drive right through our lines with their battle fleets slash past our frontiers and hit earth itself 
with the rain of hell that had already sterilized a score of planets. We were fighting on the defensive, spread over several million cubic light years, spread horribly thin. Oh, bad. Weirda, New Egypt, had been discovered and some excavation done shortly before the war began. We knew about as much then as we do now. Especially we knew that the so-called Valley of the Gods held more relics than any other spot on the surface. I'd been quite interested in the work, visited the planet myself, even worked with a crew that found and restored that uh, gravitometric generator, the one which taught us half of what we know about GM fields. It was my young and fanciful notion that there might be more to be found somewhere in that labyrinth. And from study of the reports, I even thought I knew about what and where it would be. One of the weapons that had Novad suns a million years ago. The planet was far behind the Janyard lines, but militarily valueless. They wouldn't garrison it, and I was sure that such semi-barbarians wouldn't have my idea, especially with victory so close. A one-man sneak boat could get in readily enough. It just isn't possible to blockade a region of space. Too damned and humanly big. We had nothing to lose but me, and maybe a lot to gain, so in I went. I made the planet without trouble, landed in the Valley of the Gods, and began work. And that's where the fun started, Laird laughed again, with no more mirth than before. End of section one. Recording by Paul Harvey.